Now, Father, we come to the time in this service when we open your word and we glean from its truth instruction for living our lives. We know, Lord, that you're the author of all good things. You're the author of all grace. You're the majestic, sovereign, wonderful creator of the universe. We ask you, Lord, to come into our midst in a special way this morning and help us, God, to appreciate what the redemptive provision means to us. We bless you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Matthew 16, 23 tells us that Jesus, this picking up on where we were in our sermon series about savorest, Jesus said to Peter, Thou savorest not the things that be of God, but the things that be of men. In that great category of the things that be of God, you can think of a lot of things, grace, faith, forgiveness, washing our sins away, all kinds of things that fit in that category of the things that be of God. And in that same grouping, there is also what we call the ordinances of the church. The ordinances of the church. Everyone knows that communion is an ordinance of the church. The, Jesus said, as long as you drink this cup and you eat this bread, you show forth the Lord's uh, death until he comes, this do in remembrance of me. Another ordinance of the church is water baptism. Water baptism is the testimony of discipleship. Water baptism is the displaying of your devotion. It is coming out of the shadows and out into the open on a public stage and saying to everyone that Jesus is Lord of my life, that I'm saved by the grace of God, I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus, washed in the blood of Jesus, on my way to heaven, and I'm a lover of God and a following disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what water baptism is. It's saying to the world, I belong to him. It's saying to the world, I have accepted what Jesus did at Calvary for me to become a new creature in Christ Jesus. It says, I am no longer what I used to be but I am now translated into the kingdom of his dear son. I'm now delivered from the power of darkness. I'm now walking in the light of scripture as it shines upon my path. It is literally saying something to your friends, to your family, to the world that I am saved and I'm a disciple of Jesus. That's what water baptism is. It doesn't make you any cleaner it doesn't make you any more holy. It doesn't make you any more sanctified. It is simply an act of obedience to the command of our Lord. Amen. It's obedience. Now, there is no magic water. There is no transforming out of water into blood. There's none of those kind of things that happen. It is the simple act. You see, if you don't know Jesus, can you, be, can you be baptized, Brother Jerry, and not be saved? Why, of course. You just go in a wet center and come out a, go in a dry center and come out a wet one. I'd like to got it backwards, didn't I? 
Maybe God's got a dryer somewhere that I need to know about. <laughs> go in a dry center and come out a wet one. It's possible to go through the baptismal ritual and still not have your sins washed away. Because, you see, to, to do that would subordinate what Jesus did at Calvary to baptism. And that's right backwards of the way it really is. What Jesus did at Calvary did it all for us. He paid it all for me. He did everything that I need at Calvary's cross to be reconciled to the Lord. But everybody who is saved ought to be baptized. There's no getting around that because it's a discipleship issue. It's, it's a testimony. It's a witness uh, kind of issue. And in every way, every church has people that are at different places on this baptism issue. My sister would never get baptized because she couldn't stand to put her head under water. She was so afraid. She was afraid the pastor would drop her. She imagined everything bad that can happen with a baptismal service. And there are some bad things. Boy, if I could write a book about all the things over 36 years, there, there are some weird things that have happened in the baptismal pool, I'll tell you. And uh, when you got somebody that is scared and afraid and won't cooperate, and you're in a baptismal pool, uh, you've got problems. I had a, had a lady, and I was trying to baptize her one time, and thankfully I only baptized her one time, and she was, uh, 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 I can't say a word, how do I say that? No, she was a largely built lady. She was, there was a lot of her. And I was going to have to pump the barbells and get, get in shape uh, for that exercise I knew. And I was standing there and I said, in obedience to the command of our Lord, I baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. And tried, tried to, she wouldn't do it. She just wouldn't budge. She just stood there. And I was pulling, trying to, trying to get her down. And I said, honey, you're going to have to cooperate with me now. I can't fight you on this thing. And she said, I'm scared to death to get my head underwater, Brother Jerry. I said, well, I respect that, but we got a, several hundred people out here watching, and, and we got to make some attempt at getting this baptismal done here. I said, let's try it again. I thought that time I'd put my foot behind hers and trip her. So I went to pulling back on her, and I put my foot back on her, trying to trip her over my foot, and bless your heart, she stepped on my foot. And I said, oh, honey, move a little bit. You're on my foot. Well, long story short, I finally got her baptized uh, after much ado. Finally got her, got her out of the water. Praise the Lord. A lot of things happen in a baptismal pool. A lot of people are afraid. And my sister Brenda didn't get baptized till right before she passed. Right before she passed. And she was just so reluctant about that and so, so afraid of, of the water. A lot of people pro profess salvation but have never been baptized. A lot of people profess salvation 
and were baptized by another mode of baptism other than immersion. And uh, it should be noted that there are some traditions that use two kind of formulas for baptism. Some baptize in the name of Jesus, others baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Some profess salvation and are baptized, but not by immersion. Others profess salvation for infants and baptize them by sprinkling. Uh, however it is, it is a devotional act, and it's a witness and a testimony. When I was in Israel with one of the groups that go with me from time to time, there was this, a lady that you'll remember, Vista Johnson, and uh, she was quite elderly when she went with us, and I can see Susan right now dragging her down Benihuda Street in uh, Jerusalem and uh, trying to help her get around. And she wanted to be baptized in Jordan River. Now, let me tell you, that can be a problem too because they'd had a drought over there in Israel and it hadn't rained. And, and all the rabbis and all the priests and all of the uh, people of the Pharisees and Sadducees and all was praying for rain. God help us. And uh, it, it finally came a warm spell and the snow on Mount Hermon melted and ran down into the Jordan River and flooded the thing. There was, was it 27 steps done down to the baptismal area and the water was up to the second step on the top. It was just gushing down through there. Helen Smith told me, said, Brother Irwin, I want to be baptized. I said, Helen, let me tell you, honey, I don't know if I can hold on to you long enough to get you baptized. Twenty-seven of them said they wanted to be baptized. Well, the thing about that is they got in and got out. I got in. Until 27. Snow melt. Cold. No feeling in your legs. Wow. That was pretty difficult. They had to wrap me up in blankets when they finally got me out of there. That water was going so Clayton was trying to help me. And we were grabbing, I grabbed one by the dress tail, thank speed of God. I caught her before she got washed away. <laughs> what do you say to God when you lose somebody that you're trying to baptize? A lot of things happen when, it, when you do very serious things. And there are two dangers in our conception of the baptismal activity. There is a possibility that we overemphasize baptism to the extent that we subordinate it to the sacrificial death of Jesus. That danger is realized when we deify that event to the point of making water baptism essential for salvation. Now, there are traditions that believe you're not saved until you're baptized. But I don't, I'm not going to put the cross in the middle of a pond and make you swim to get to it. What that means is I'm not going to tell you that in order to go to heaven, you've got to be baptized. Because there's one story that uh, kind of negates that, and that is the thief on the cross who never had the time nor the opportunity to be baptized yet Jesus said to him this day shalt thou be with me in paradise so he went to heaven 
He went to heaven. Listen, our God is so kind and so loving that if you reach out to him, I promise you, he will never reject you. In John 6 and 37, him that cometh unto me, I will in no wise cast out. If you make an effort, I promise you, he'll meet you more than halfway. I promise he will do everything possible to work with you on that situation. He really will. I have confidence in my God. And I believe that my God rewards every heart that searches for and seeks for a relationship with him. The other danger is I'm saved, but I don't need to be baptized. And that, that, that challenge uh, causes the pendulum to swing too far the other way. And it causes us to realize that we won't follow through. And I'll prove to you that it is God's will for every one of us to be baptized. I just felt like somebody sitting here who has said, no, 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 you're not going to talk me into that. Hey, I hope I can talk you into that because you'd be surprised how your devotional life will open up once you are buried with him in baptism and resurrected to walk in newness of life. You know, Sister Johnson, she wanted to be baptized in Jordan River. Now, bless her heart, she is almost 90. And her daughter told her, said, Mama, that ain't going to happen. Said, you might as well quit bothering Brother Irwin with that. That's not going to happen. Well, we got back on the plane. We were back at Amsterdam. And Sister Johnson come about wiping tears. She said, Brother Jerry, the biggest thing I'm disappointed about is I didn't get to be baptized in that Jordan River. And I said, you know what? I've got some water in a bottle here that somebody, as one old fellow says, they just dipping down. Just dipping down. <laughs> And got some water out of the Jordan River. I said, it's in this bottle. I was taking it back to somebody because they sent me to bring them some water out of the Jordan River. And I got a little bottle of it here. I said, if you can believe uh, in sprinkling for about five minutes, I can't immerse you, but I'll be happy to sprinkle you. And right there in Amsterdam Airport, I sprinkled Sister Vista Johnson, and a big old smile came on her face. I wouldn't give you anything for that smile on her face because she got to be baptized in water of the Jordan River. Well, the Bible says, as much as life within you, strive to be at peace with everybody. Once a person admits his sin and turns to Christ, then some step must be taken to proclaim to heaven and earth that he's a follower of the Lord Jesus. Baptism is that step. Baptism is that step. Baptism differentiates between a tire kicker and a car buyer. You'll get it in a minute. Ask your wife when you get home. She'll explain it to you. A tire kicker, he's just going to walk around. Yeah, it looks pretty good. Don't it? Good, good tires on it. Well, you're going to buy it? No, I don't want to buy it. I'm just over here looking at it. Hey, I think over the years I have pastored a lot of tire kickers. Amen. Boy, I want those people that get committed, don't you? Yes, I'm going to take that. 
Yes, I'm going to accept that. I, I, I want that. I'm going to follow through with that. I, I love people that are committed to the Lord, that you don't have to drag them around. You don't have to push them up out of the chair. Amen? They're committed to the Lord, and they just follow the Lord. The thief on the cross had that knowledge to say, Lord, remember. He prayed a nine-word prayer. Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. And Jesus answered him with a nine-word answer. This day shalt thou be with me in paradise. Hallelujah. Hey, is that, does that say that with the intensity with which we pray will be the intensity with which we receive? Well, I would hope so, wouldn't you? The importance of being baptized. This promise to God. You mean baptism is a promise to God? Yeah, it is. It's a promise to God. God, I'm going to live for you. Church, I'm going to be a part and I'm going to pull my load and I'm going to be true and be faithful to the church. Husband, children, family, friends, neighbors, I, I'm a follower of Jesus and I'm going to follow him every step of the way and as such, I love you, and I'll, I will do everything I can to help you. It's a promise to God, I will live my life for the Lord Jesus. That's what baptism is. It's like saying to God, I make this vow to you, God. When the Lord saves us, it's kind of like marrying somebody, you know. Hey, if I would have said to Debbie, Debbie, I want to marry you, girl. And she'd say, well, okay, but don't tell nobody. Baptism tells everybody. You kind of like that, didn't you? I like that smirk on your face, some of you. When, you. when you told your wife, you said, hey, don't tell anybody. Let's get married, but don't tell anybody. Hey, that's why you have a wedding. That's why you get that pretty white dress. That's why we have that reception. That's why we do all of that stuff is so somebody will know. God wants us to let the world know that we belong to Him. Christ is the forgiver and He's the master of our life. And that step just kind of raises the ante a little bit. Jesus actually just said to his disciples, well, Lord, you know we love you. You know God will follow you every step of the way. And Jesus says, then prove it. And the way to prove it is with baptism. Baptism. Jesus said to the disciples in Matthew 28, 19, we call it the Great Commission. It says this, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel, baptizing them. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. That sacred vow is accomplished when we wholeheartedly obey that form of doctrine that was delivered unto us. That plunge beneath the running waters is like a death of sorts. Did you know Luther felt so strongly about baptism that he used to call it, call it drowning? That when you got baptized, he would, he would actually call it drowning. You know who Martin Luther is? He was a monk. A monk. 
He was one that just wrote down scriptures. He's also the one that wrote the 95 Thesis on the castle door at Wittenberg about justification by faith, grace through faith, and salvation. See, he wasn't afraid to step out of the shadows because he also knew about baptism. And in his mind, it was a drowning event. It was when you died, when that person that baptized you immersed you into that water, it was as if you were being buried. That the old person that you used to be, we were burying in baptism. So you can say that that person you used to be no longer exists. Had a guy come to me one time. He said, Pastor, I'm so thankful for getting saved and so thankful for God turning my life around. So thankful for what God has done for me. It's, but I was a, a terrible person before the Lord found me. I was a terrible dad. I was a terrible husband. I was just a terrible person. And said, I've got a daughter that hasn't spoke to me in 16 years. And said, she called the other day and asked if I would meet with her. She wanted to talk to me. And he said, Pastor, what do I say to her? How can I approach her? How can I offer her any kind of answer or whatever? And I said, the only recourse you have is to tell that daughter, honey, you have got every right to hate that man that mistreated you. You've got every right to feel the way you do about that sorry person I used to be. But when I met Jesus and he washed my sins and made me a new creature in Christ Jesus, when that happened for me, that person that treated you so bad he lives no more he's dead and you can scream at him and holler at him all you want to you can call him any name you want to you can speak all manner of evil against him I won't raise any objection about that but I just want you to know I'm not the man I used to be thank God I met Jesus and I went to Calvary and things are different for me now and if you'll give me a chance you'll find out that I'm another person from what you knew all of your life. You see, that's the only thing we can stand upon, folks, is, is what Jesus did for every one of us. What He did at that cross at Calvary and made every one of us a new creature in Christ Jesus. That's not that act of baptism that saves us. It's that testimony. The plunge beneath those waters that standing erect when you come back up out of the water as if it is a resurrection. I believe in immersion. I'm an immerser. What does that mean, Pastor? I believe it ought to resemble the spiritual death and the burial and the resurrection. And when we raise a candidate up out of the water and stand them up erect, that is like saying, I am resurrected, I am crucified with Christ, yet I live. 
I am crucified, yet I live. I am dead, but I'm alive. Hallelujah. I am resurrected to walk in newness of life. There is a connection between salvation and baptism and receiving the Holy Spirit. Someone said, how much do I need to know in order to be baptized? You need to realize only one thing, that I once was lost, but now I'm found. As you grow in Jesus, you'll learn a whole lot more about baptism. You'll learn that embodied and represented in baptism is a connection to the gift of the Holy Spirit. It's in Acts 2 and 38. And the Bible said, Repent and be baptized for the remission of sin, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. In other words, Holy Spirit baptism is connected to baptism in water by salvation. If you're saved by grace, baptized, there's a connection with that baptismal event and receiving the Spirit of God. Repent and be baptized, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Boy, that's great. You see, in that message that Peter preached that day, he said, This God who made heaven and earth hath made Jesus, the man you nailed on the cross, God hath made him to be Lord over all and Christ. He is the Messiah, the Savior of the world. How did they respond to that on the day of Pentecost? Well, in Acts 2, the Bible said, Then they that gladly received the word. The word that Peter preached. Then they that gladly received the word were baptized. And the number of them was about 3,000 souls. Wow, can you believe that? 3,000 people got saved at one time? Hallelujah. Lord, I'd have loved to have been there. Lord, I would love to have seen 3,000 people get baptized. Pastor, how did they baptize 3,000 people? Where was there water and a pool? I remember one occasion when we were in Israel at the Huldah Gates. There's three of them. Three is the number of grace. It's where you come out. Where you go in to the temple to worship is a cleansing place. And as you go up to Zion, you go past what they call mikvahs. And a mikvah is a baptismal pool. And they had unearthed these baptismal pools that were in the Temple Mount area. In other words, as you go up, there is a baptismal pool because you know what Jewish people believe? They believed you had to be clean before you could go into the presence of God. So on your way up the temple steps to get to an encounter with God, you had to be baptized. So they had all of these baptismal pools, and they had water that ran down from the top, and down it would fill one mikvah, then it would run on down and it would fill another mikvah, and then it would run on down and fill another. In Second Peter, the Bible tells us that that 
flow of the water, and it said it washes our sins away. Washes our sins away. Wow. That process, what it's saying is you're celebrating a process that there's a dual cleansing. There's a cleansing that is done for you. There's a cleansing that is done by you. Now, before a priest could minister, he had to be clean too. And his also was a dual cleansing. First, he had to go over to the golden laver, and he had to wash in the golden laver. Then after he had washed in the golden laver, he had to go over and be sprinkled by the blood of the new covenant in order to be clean to go into the presence of God. One done by him, one done for him. Could I tell you it's just like that with God and with Jesus? There's cleansing that God does. There's some cleansing that you do. It's like Don had that guy that told him he got saved that night in the altar. And Don let him testify. Sometimes you've got to be careful who you hand a mic to. And he was a talking Rocky about all that he'd done and how he'd been. And he held his pocket up and said, And after I finish this fifth of liquor right here, I'm going to quit and serve God. Be careful who you hand a mic to. So Don had to do some preaching then. <laughs> you got to get clean to go into the presence. A priest especially had to get cleansed. And some of it is done for him. Other is done by him. Now the Bible said, Know ye not that you are the temple of the living God. 2 Corinthians 6, 16. You are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will walk in them, I will dwell in them, I will be their God, and they shall be my people. I will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and my daughters, saith the Lord. Seventh chapter says, wherefore? Now why is that wherefore, therefore? Wherefore? Having these promises, the promise, promise I'll walk in you, and I'll dwell in you, and I'll be your God, I'll be a father to you. Having these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the Spirit. Now, we probably won't do much shouting right here because washing the sin out of a filthy spirit is tough going. It's one thing for someone to have a filthy mouth. But brother, when somebody's got a filthy spirit, that's a bad affliction. And you know what God said? He said, I'm going to turn that one over to you. You cleanse yourself. Let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and of the spirit perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Baptism fits within that same framework 
of doing things that help keep us clean, doing things that help keep us eligible to go into the presence of God. Come on, Olivia, I'm going to need you to help me land this plane. Somebody said we're fogged in, it looks like to me. When that Ethiopian in Acts chapter 16, verse 31, when that Ethiopian was riding in his chariot, Philip had been down at Samaria. They'd had revival. Unclean spirits come out crying with a loud voice. People shouting all over town. People having revival, getting saved. And the Bible said, and the spirit, picked. he was carried by the spirit to the desert. Now, brother, when you're in town sleeping at the Hilton and eating at a five-star and suddenly the Holy Ghost picks you up and carries you to the desert. Come on, somebody. Have you ever been there? It was such a lovely day. Yeah. The storms came my way. You know, the peace speaker. Yeah. The gentle winds were blowing my way. It's great when that's going on. But when the Holy Ghost picks you up and carries you to a desert, and suddenly everything's changed. Suddenly everything changes. This Ethiopian was riding in his chariot. And the Bible picked Phil, said that Philip was picked up and carried to him. And he said, Understandest thou what thou readest? He said, I don't know. He said, I, how, how am I going to know unless I have somebody to tell me? And the Bible said, And Philip began to expound to him and preach to him the Holy Scriptures. And the Bible said then that they pulled up to a body of water. How convenient. Pulled up to a body of water and the eunuch said, Here is water. What doth hinder me from being baptized? And Philip said, Do you believe with all of your heart that Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God? He said, Yea, with all my heart, I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. In 1 John, the Bible said, Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Son of God, the same is born of God. And then he said, Here is water. What prevents me? What's hindering me from being baptized? And what Philip was saying was, Are you saved? Are you saved? Are you saved? What an expression that was when Paul was Saul and when he was over at Ananias, Ananias' house and the scales fell off of his eyes and the Holy Spirit witnessed to him and, and touched him. The Bible said he was baptized and was baptized after Ananias told him, said, you're a chosen vessel. You're going to do great things. God's going to make you a great apostle. And the Bible said then he was baptized. So he was saved and preaching and then saw the benefit and blessing of baptism.
One more and I'll quit that. Acts chapter 19. We read about a church called Ephesus. And the Bible said Paul traveled to Ephesus. And the Bible said as he came through Ephesus, the Bible said he found disciples. He found certain disciples. And he said, your disciples, under what were you baptized? And they said, we were baptized under John's baptism. Well, the Bible says, John said, I indeed baptize you with water. But one is coming after me whose shoes I'm not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Any of you got the fire? Boy, that's weak. Did you get any fire with the Holy Ghost you got? You didn't miss the fire, did you? Boy, you missed the whole thing if you missed the fire. The Holy Ghost and with fire. Brother Jerry, what's that fire got to do with it? Well, on the day of Pentecost, Acts 2 and 4, they were all in one place and one mind and one accord. Sometimes I say it's not the greatest miracle that the Holy Ghost fell. The greatest miracle is they were all in one mind and one accord. But the Bible said, as they prayed, the Holy Ghost fell on all of them, fell on them. Suddenly, there was a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it sat upon each of them and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Praise God. And these Ephesian believers, he said, we were baptized under John's baptism. John said, I baptize you with water, but he's coming. And the Bible then said, these people said, we hadn't heard so much as whether there be any Holy Spirit to be baptized then. And the Bible said, and Paul raised his hands and prayed for them. Next verse. And prayed for them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke with tongues same as we, and said, and then they got baptized. And then they got baptized. What a, what a blessing it is. There are a lot of people that know about Jesus, but they're not candidates for baptism. Just knowing is not enough. Having that touch of God upon your life and upon your heart, that's what makes the biggest difference. Well, I'd better quit preaching. I've got some baptizing to do. I just want you to know that there's more to baptism than just a event. It's a very sacred event. It's a very holy thing. It is a very reverent thing. It's something we need to really pay a lot of attention to and a lot of reverence to because it's sacred. It's about a life change. I said it's about a life change. Anybody in here ever had your life changed? I like to think I'm preaching to some people that have had a life change. Praise God for the life change that makes the difference in every one of us. Thank you, Lord, for your wonderful grace and presence in this house.
Thank you for these few verses of Scripture and these few minutes of time that I've spent with these people talking about baptism. Lord, I thank you for the gift of baptism and thank you for all that is within that message. Lord, help us to grasp it this morning and say, thank God we are all baptized into one Lord, one faith, one baptism. We're baptized into Christ. Lord, help us to realize that this morning and realize there's healing in baptism. There's deliverance and freedom in baptism. There's encouragement in baptism. There's blessing. And I pray that we'll reap the benefits of that in Jesus' name.